What is up, everybody? Welcome in to the Friday episode of Quick Hits. My name is Blake Pace. It is October 16th. No Thursday night football to talk about. We have got Teddy Pristash back on as well, too. Um, of course, on this beautiful Friday. Oh, happy Fetty, Fetty Friday. Fetty Wap Friday, especially to uh, my guy out there, uh, Jimmy Murray, the GOAT. Um, yeah, we got Teddy on uh, for uh, week six picks against the spread for the NFL season. We also talk at the beginning a little bit about the uh, Le'Veon Bell situation. Um, I didn't get a whole lot into detail about it. Maybe I'll, I'll save that more for next week. My expectations for him in that offense, I don't think we'll be seeing him play on Monday. That would be kind of crazy. He shows up on a Friday and is already ready to suit up and play for the Chiefs on a, on a Monday night game. So I probably expect we have some time to, to break that down and what the move means for the Chiefs and the rest of the league. Obviously, it means great things for Kansas City. It's it's not a bad move for them, but it, it's a pretty uh, sad move to see if you're a fan of 31 other NFL teams. So we talk a little bit about that, his thoughts on it as you know a Jets fan, and then we go right into the weekend slate. Some really interesting games. As you'll see, me and Teddy, more than any other week before, have a lot of conflicting opinions on this. So um, going to be an exciting week of games. As always, make sure to uh, like and subscribe to the show. Leave a review if you can. I appreciate all of your feedback, whether it be positive or or negative even. I, I love to hear your thoughts on what could be uh, done better around here. Make sure to follow uh, me on Twitter at BlakeAndrewPace. As we go through the weekend, I always like to um, tweet out a lot of thoughts from around the league. I've always got some stuff to talk about on there. So make sure to give me a follow at BlakeAndrewPace. Uh, that's all I've got for you. Without further ado, here is Teddy Pristash and I going through the weekend slate, making our picks against the spread for week six. All right, and as always for our Friday episode, we welcome back in Teddy Piss Pistache. <laughs> Teddy Pistache. How have I never called you that before? Oh, man, I'm sure you have. Teddy Pistache. I like that. Yeah, it's just a mustache full of piss. Wow, so Teddy Pristache. From uh, up in New York right now, we are uh, being joined by him to go over week. What is it? Six of the NFL season? Are we yeah, in week six already? Oh my god, not. this shit is going fast. So yep, we got Teddy back on the show. We're gonna go through each game of the upcoming weekend picks against the spread. Uh, before we get into how we did last week, how we're doing on the season, Teddy, there is one big thing that I wanted to address here and, and talk to you about because I actually haven't gotten the chance to even talk about this on the podcast in the middle of the week, uh, your starting running back, he uh, didn't waste any time after he was released from the Jets, is now with the Kansas City Chiefs. I know you were always in on the character of Le'Veon Bell. You thought he was great for the locker room. Um, you know, what, what are your thoughts of how this all transpired? Obviously, you know, Gase is still there. I think it's clear that, you know, they probably won't last beyond this season, but it is interesting to see kind of all of these players, um, you know, who are talented to, to be, you know, traded or let go or to have, you know, problems with this, uh, you know, current regime in New York. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I think it points to a couple things. Um, I think you look at the way Jamal kind of forced his way out and how after he was traded, he said they just didn't have a culture to win. Um, and I think that's kind of the same thing that happened with Le'Veon. It, it, as much as you want to be like a loyal guy for your team, if, if if the team isn't doing anything in order to actually win games and not giving you the, the touches or the credit that you deserve just continuously, I mean, I'm, I'm happy for the guy to get out of the dumpster fire. Um, but I just also think, it, I mean, if you look at the Jets' history, they just have they have this tendency of having good players and then letting them walk, you know? And it, mm -hmm. it's just like, at some point, you have to commit to these guys who you want to build around as opposed to anyone who's relatively good, try to dump them or, or whatever, you know what I mean? Right. So it, it's just all frustrating. I hate the Jets right now. Hmm. I'm, I'm, I don't even know, but, yeah. but yeah. I'm happy for Le'Veon. I hope he balls out. Just traded for him in, in one of my dynasty leagues. Nice. So. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. So yeah, my, my thoughts on it are kind of the same. You know, it, it, I agree with you. You do at some point have to stick with the players that are around, but it's so tough when the general manager and the head coach keep switching. And yeah, you know, it, it's been it's been you know a few years of Gase, and even before that, we got a few decent you know few years out of Bulls too. So it wasn't like okay, one year fire head coach, one year fire head coach. But it is it is frustrating, obviously, because that roster. 
you know, you could go back even three years from now and it's so different from what it is now. Um, I'm still putting my faith in Joe Douglas. I'm still a huge Joe Douglas guy. And look, you know, he hasn't been around, you know, since after the 2019 draft. So literally his first draft that he was responsible for was this past one, right? I, I believe he was hired in the summer before the yeah, before last yeah, season. Right. So it's like, you know, a lot of these guys on the team aren't his guys. And, and just speaking from what I've noticed in Indianapolis, you know, we replaced a really bad regime um, with Ryan Grigson. And, and we made a quick turnaround with Chris Ballard. And, and what it took was those first two years of Chris Ballard, they dumped the roster. I think, you know, 40-some players, you know, that were starters or, or you know, role players um, from the years before had been replaced within two seasons. So, you know, when I look at the Jets, obviously it's frustrating to see, you know, uh, you know Le'Veon, who is now going to go have some success in, in Kansas City, potentially win a Super Bowl. He also gets to face the Jets coming up in a few weeks, so he'll definitely be excited for that opportunity. I, I still have faith in Joe Douglas, but, you know, it, it's just, it is definitely frustrating as, a, as you know, a Jets fan, I, I can imagine, just having to see these talented players that want to come to New York, at least at some point, and then just watch it just completely fade away on that interest. And and I I also just think, like, obviously, we wouldn't have even had Le'Veon after this year, probably, because of the way the budget works out. But but I I believe in Joe Douglas, too, but you take into account that Adam Gase is still the head coach, which I don't know how much blame you can put that on the owners. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you also just... You're telling me no one wanted to trade you anything for Le'Veon Bell? Like, that just kind of blows me away. I don't know yeah. if there was something else going on or – I don't know. But it, mm-hmm. it, it was a crazy situation. It took me by surprise. I, I just can't believe that they released him as opposed to traded him. Right. Well, I think where it came into the trade is is the Jets were willing to take on some of the money. But I think, you know, he was being paid way too much where it was like, okay, even if the Jets do take some money, we don't want to pay Le'Veon, you know, X amount of dollars. You know, he signed a very – cheap contract with the Chiefs, obviously. So I think where it came down to was they knew that the Jets didn't want him there. And, you know, you think back to when Le'Veon was in free agency, you know, a couple years back, you know, there were only a few teams that really did offer him big deals. Um, And and so the market wasn't huge for him then. I, I think he's talented. I think he's done himself a lot of favors in terms of you know, when he was leaving Pittsburgh, there were, you know, character concerns. He sat out for a season. People were questioning his leadership ability. It seemed like he was a uh, loved guy in the Jets organization. So, you know, hopefully he's made himself a better name. Now he goes to Kansas City. The production will certainly uh, come with that. And then I'm assuming he's looking for another, you know, another contract after this season, which, you know, signing with the Chiefs makes the most sense. I would have loved love to have seen him on the bills um that would have been my favorite destination for him um but i mean god the, the chiefs now it that's just it's unfair it's unfair yeah, the chiefs I offense just, now i hope he scores like seven touchdowns against the Jets. oh god yeah that's gonna be a bloodbath <laughs> all right so let's let's pivot now uh let's go to the picks um you know picking against the spread for week six of the nfl season uh just to take a look on where we are um, season-wise, uh, Teddy, you came so close, so, so close to, uh, to beating me out this past week. Um, but I was on the, I think we went into, um, we went into Sunday night football where you were maybe a half game ahead of me because you didn't pick the Jets. Um, but I was on Vikings plus eight, seven. I was on Vikings plus seven. I was on, uh, Chargers plus eight. You were on the other side with the favorites there. Uh, doesn't swing your way. So we had another week where I just barely came out on top. Uh, taking a look at the season, uh, you are sitting at 28, 25, and 4, which is a win percentage of 52.63. And I am over at 34, 21, and 1. That is a 61.61 win percentage. One thing that I wanted to say, you know, for people who may be listening to this and following along because you're, you know, friends of Teddy and I or, you know, relatives, whatever reason, those numbers are 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 success. You know what I want to say is like professional gamblers, like people that call themselves experts when it comes to betting, um, you know, sports betting. The experts brag about being at you know fifty five to sixty percent. So you know, I t- I take a look and and you know we're you know five weeks in. Obviously, there's a lot of the season to go, and it's we haven't consistently been winning. We've had good weeks. We've had you know rough weeks so far, but. Both of us are doing 
a, a pretty good job through the first part of this. So I wanted to say, like, even though, you know, the standings, you take a look and, you know, Teddy's only got three more picks correct than, than wrong. Yeah, but when you take a look at things, that 52%, that's right around there with what some experts call, you know, successful. You know, one of the guys that I follow, Warren Sharp, he, uh, he says that, you know, he, his claim to fame is over the last 10 years, he's hit 60% of his bets. So, you know, I, like, I know people like to think of, you know, win percentages and, and, you know, how people score on tests and how a 65% is just barely passing. Um, in, the, in the gambling realm, if you're between 55 and 60%, that's what people call, like, expert stuff. So, um, I, I, I just had that little rant there. Uh, no, yeah, definitely. I mean, for me, it, it all comes down to you're not losing money or winning money, right? Right. So just get to zero or one dollar on the week and you're, you're golden. Exactly. Yeah, all right, cool. So, let's now go into the picks. We are going to go through all of the Sunday games uh, go right through to Monday night. We've got another double header on Monday night football, which is very exciting. Um, you know, we are kind of on this pattern where it seems to be a really strong week, then a meh week, then a really strong week, then another meh week. Last week was our meh week. You know, we both did have, uh, you know, a good finish to it, but wasn't as great as weeks before. So hopefully if the trend is, is continuing where we're at, this should be a good week for the both of us. Um, Let's Perfect. We're going to kick it off. Yeah, we're going to go to uh, Minnesota here, where the 0-5 Atlanta Falcons, uh, new regime, fired head coach, fired the GM this past, uh, this past uh, Monday, heading over to take on the Minnesota Vikings, who uh, were going back and forth with Seattle. Um, they've had some recent successes. You know, they got their first win of the season a couple weeks ago. Um, looked good against Seattle. They open up as four-point favorites. Teddy, how do you feel about this one? Yeah, I'm, this this is a tough one for me. I mean, both of these teams um, haven't had the best starts. Falcons 0-5, Vikings 1-4. Um, they both played some pretty good teams, I'd say, if you look at their schedule. I mm-hmm. mean, definitely definitely some of the, the upper echelon competition in the NFL. Um, I'm going to go with the Falcons plus 4, simply because, number one, I kind of just think this game is a toss-up. Um, but I'm going to ride out the coach strategy, you know, it worked last week with yeah. the uh, – uh, whoever that Texans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with the Texans. There we go. Um, so yeah, I'm just gonna take the Falcons plus four. You know, maybe maybe they'll get their first win, get some mojo going. Yeah, I I almost considered that too. I was almost thinking like, well, it, you know, it just worked for the Texans in in um, against Jacksonville. But the more that I thought about it, I, I really do think you know, despite being one and four, I think the Vikings are a good football team. Um, I think, you know, the first three weeks, they started off 0-3. They were close games that they had um, outside of being, I think they were blown out by, um, I think they were blown out by Green Bay. I could have that wrong. That might be the only one that I was thinking wasn't that close. But when you take a look at the Vikings the last few weeks, they are starting to get into more of a rhythm offensively. Um, And when you take a look at this team, they experienced a lot of changes on that roster, a lot of shifting on the defensive side. They lose, you know, of course, Xavier Rhodes, who had a bad season last year, but was a key piece in the secondary. They shifted around a bunch of bodies in the front seven. They trade for Yannick Ngakwe right before the season starts. It was a lot of new pieces that they were just trying to figure out offensively, you know, losing Stefan Diggs, having to replace him, you know, with Justin Jefferson. Rookie receivers generally take a little bit of time. Um, I'm going to go with the Vikings minus four here. Uh, I'm going to go on the other side of you here just because I think uh, this Atlanta defense is just so, so bad. And I think if the Vikings get up early, if it's a 10 to three game or 13 to three, I think that, you know, Alexander Madison um, will be able to run out some clock. He's, he's one of the better backups in that game. They also have a great run scheme up there in Minnesota. So I think the Vikings get up early. Um, I think the Falcons do make a late push, as they always seem to do. They always try and come back from these. I know, really, uh, to start the season, they were blowing the leads, but they are one of those teams that can come back late in the game. But I just, I, I think Minnesota, is a, despite being 1-4, and four, is a legit good team. So um, I, I'm going to have the Falcons moving to 0-6 oh and, oh and after this, which is just a brutal stretch for them, as they have to consider what to do uh, in this offseason. But... I'm, I'm going to ride with the Vikings here. I just think recently they've been in a good groove. Yeah, I don't hate it at all. Yeah, it's definitely definitely not one that's um, a, a, a surefire pick, but um, yeah. I feel pretty good about it. All right, so let's move on. Uh, we're going to go to Philadelphia where the Eagles um, won 3-1. and one. 
you know, had a close game with Pittsburgh last week, are hosting uh, the Baltimore Ravens, who just had a very dominant victory over the Cincinnati Bengals, 27-3. Ravens, 4-1. Eagles, it's still, you know, look, they, they kept pace with Pittsburgh. They beat San Francisco the week before. It's still a shaky roster right now. Um, the Ravens open up as eight-point favorites. Teddy, are the Eagles are are the Eagles starting to get some momentum here, or or are the Ravens just too good and they'll put this one away? Yeah, I mean, definitely, I'm impressed with the Eagles slightly um, for what they've done these past couple weeks. But to me, I mean, the 49ers, I think, just with the injuries they have, I just I don't think they're going to be as good of a team as we originally expected this year. Um, so that win, I mean, it is what it is. And um, generally speaking, I mean, betting on the Ravens this year has worked out most of the time other than when they played against the Chiefs. And betting against the Eagles has worked out most of the time except for when they played the Niners. So so I'm going to stick with the Ravens minus eight. I just, I just think they're a dominant team. I still, I mean, if the Eagles were playing someone worse, maybe I'd think they'd get some momentum rolling. But with the Ravens' defense the way it is um, and the Eagles still just having that shaky – I, I just don't trust the Eagles at all, you know, so I'm going right to Ravens minus eight. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Um, and, and to me, I'm not in on the Eagles. Like, you know, like you said, that that win against San Francisco is definitely a little shaky, a little fluky. I also, as we'll talk in a few games, I, I feel very strongly about this Brown-Steelers matchup. Um, I don't have a lot of stock in the Eagles right now. And, and like you said, the Ravens, I have this new kind of um, – I have this new theory when it comes to betting on teams that are favored by, you know, 8 to 10 to 10 plus points um, because we've gotten bit in the butt a couple times by picking some big spreads here. Definitely. Um, my thing is, is I, I'm not, my new theory is, is I'm not going to bet on those heavy favorites unless they're a team that I trust, A, the run game and two, the defense. And with the Ravens right now, those are one of those teams that fit both criteria, one of the best defenses in football. Uh, J.K. Dobbins is starting to get more involved. He actually has one of the best elusive gradings at the running back position in football this year, so hopefully he starts to get more touches. Um, so I'm with you. Ravens minus eight. I think that they'll be able to put this one away uh, fairly easy, easily. And, 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 for the, um, and for the Eagles offense, it's, it's still just too shaky for me. And a great defense like Baltimore, I think, will put a lot of pressure on Carson Wentz. And I don't think the receivers are good enough to get separation from cornerbacks like Marlon Humphrey. Um, and on all the guys that they've got there. So I'm with you, Ravens minus eight. So let's now go on to our next game of the week, the uh, Chicago Bears. Let me pull this on up real quick. The Chicago Bears, four and one. A game, <laughs> Teddy, we, we talked about it. You know, we, we previewed Thursday Night Football last week, and we said that this would be a Tampa Bay victory. I think we each picked a, a, by a pretty decent margin, too, if we were just – I think we picked the score – um, obviously, the, the Bears were able to get a win over Tampa Bay. Um, so they're sitting at 4-1, and one, and they're traveling to take on the 3-2 and two Panthers. Uh, Panthers' offense has looked great. Matt Rule and Joe Brady are doing amazing things there with Teddy Bridgewater, uh, the receiver talent that is there, and also Mike Davis You know, in place of uh, Christian McCaffrey these last few weeks. The Panthers open up as one-and-a-half-point favorites. Teddy, this line... Was, was really surprising to me when I saw it open and saw where it was at. So I'm, I'm curious, what did you think of this game? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely do agree with you simply just because of the Bears being 4-1 and one and they keep they keep finding a way to win these games, you know, mm -hmm. which keeps biting me in the ass. I keep betting against them. Um, but but I'm not going to stop here. I'm, I'm going to hop on this little Panthers ride that we're going on because – they were screwing me a couple weeks in a row. Yeah, um, got the win last week, which which was definitely a big pick for me. Um, really, I just I, I like their offense. Like you said, Mike Davis has has shown that he is a very capable back in this league, and it kind of gives you some some pause when you think about how when Christian McCaffrey comes back, he'll probably just go back to warming the bench. You know what I mean? Right. But uh, but you know I, I'm all in on Robbie Anderson now that he's free from the Jets he's just been dominating all year I love to see that um and I just still I still don't believe in the Bears I know they have a good defense Foles is doing as much as he can but I just still I, I don't want to buy in so so I'm going to pick the Panthers here I'm going to ride them I think they've been they've been better than expected this year so, mm -hmm. uh, so they, that's where I'm going. I, I opened up my Monday podcast and one of the first things that I talked about was I was very wrong about the Panthers and not the fact that I 
I, I, I didn't, I have faith in Matt Rule and Joe Brady. I was very excited about this hire um, when, when they decided to bring those two out of the college ranks to, to join up with the Panthers. I just didn't think it'd be this year. I thought the roster was pretty empty. Um, I wasn't, um, I wasn't high on Teddy Bridgewater. I got to give him some credit. He has been really good this year. Um, I am going to, I'm going to go on the opposite side of things here. I'm going to take the Bears plus one and a half. I'm going to have them as, as the winners of this game. Uh, reason being, the, the Bears defense is is talented. It is good. We saw it, you know, do a pretty good job against uh, Tom Brady and the Bucks this past week. Uh, the Colts, you know, put up 20 or so points the week before, but it was really, you know, turnovers in that game and good field position. The Colts offense didn't do a whole lot against them. And then the Panthers, when you take a look at their schedule, you know, they, they've won three in a row. They are the rolling team, and, and I'm on the same way where I was, you know, wrong betting against them for a few weeks there. Uh, they've played some pretty easy defenses. You know, the Chargers defense, when they got their first win of the season, they only had to put up 21 points. That defense is really banged up. That was the first game that Melvin Ingram wasn't available as well, too. Uh, then they go play the Cardinals, which we all know that their defense is, is you know, not talented. Um, and, and then the Falcons as well, too. Their, their defense is, is pretty shitty as well, too. So I think that the Panthers... Um, do have things rolling offensively, but I think that this is a defense that they haven't seen since Tampa in week two. And honestly, you know, it might be the best defense they've faced all year. I, I do think Tampa's is a little bit better, um, but you take a look. Even when they played week one, the Raiders, they put up 30 points. The Raiders' defense is not talented. So um, I'm going to go with the Bears here, plus one and a half. I'm going to take them to win. I don't have a ton of – the Bears, to me, are still, like, the worst 4-1 and one team out there. You know, I, I just, like – I don't have a ton of confidence in them, you know, long-term, but I think that their defense matches up well with the Panthers. Um, and I think, you know, uh, the Bears will be 5-1 and one after this to me. Um, you know, the Panthers, still a good football team, but I, I just am going to take the better defense here, and I'm going to take, you know, the fact that it, Carolina has played some pretty easy offenses. Yeah, this will be a fun one to watch yeah. for sure. Mm -hmm. So two disagreements so far. We're both on the Ravens minus 8. Let's go to another 8-point spread. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts, who uh, really, you know, did, didn't look that great offensively against the Cleveland Browns this past week. Um, they were three and a half point favorites, I believe, in that one. It shrunk down to uh, Colts plus one before the game started. The Browns took care of them uh, pretty easily, not going to lie. Uh, meanwhile, the Cincinnati Bengals are uh, traveling to Indianapolis, one, three and one. They were humiliated by the Ravens this past week, uh, 27 to three. Colts open up as eight-point favorites. Teddy, you were mad that you picked the Brown, uh, picked against the Browns last week, that you picked the Colts. Uh, where are you going to go on this one with a bigger spread but definitely a lesser opponent? Right, yeah. Well, I, basically last week with the Colts-Browns, I, I was betting that the Colts would kind of show us something they hadn't shown us yet, mm -hmm. you know, and they did it. And now through, through five weeks of the season, I feel like the Colts have been – basically what the Colts are, you know, which yeah. they have good defense and Philip Rivers can manage the game. I thought your tweet basically had it hit the nail right on the head, basically saying Rivers with a lead is, is a serviceable quarterback, you know, but mm -hmm. when, when you need him to come back in a game that they're down, that's just tough for him to do, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so I'm definitely lower on the Colts than I was simply just because I don't think their offense has that firepower. Now, this is a real tough one for me because, like you said, I do just agree that the Bengals are a worse team. We saw what they did against the Ravens defense last week, um, which was virtually nothing. Colts have a good defense. You know, I, I went into this pod, and I was going to pick the Colts, but I really, I, I'm just not really loving it. I'm going to go Bengals plus eight. Um, just, uh, I, think, I think if the Colts do win this game, their way and then obviously they could cover here but I just think I think it's more likely that the Bengals get a couple touchdowns and kind of make it a competitive game and it'll just be closer than eight points so yeah so I'm gonna take the Bengals plus eight on kind of a Hail Mary play but I just I, the Colts haven't really shown me anything to love this year so, mm -hmm. so that's where I'm going yeah look I I'm I am gonna go with the Colts minus eight here um I agree with you it, it yeah it, it's exactly right with the Colts it's you know they're a great defense they have a good run game, but if it's a close game or say they're even trailing, I just you, you Philip Rivers is not at that point in his career right now. You know, if he's he's past that point. It's it's Peyton Manning his last two years in Denver. It's 
kind of what we are seeing in a similar sense, kind of with what we're seeing with Drew Brees in New Orleans. You know, sometimes these guys just they can't pull. Obviously, um, you know, they were able to pull themselves out of a deficit this past week against Los Angeles, but. You know, uh, that's just Los Angeles bad luck there with the Chargers. Um, my my thing with the Colts is they got to be looking at this Bengals team and kind of say like, oh, this this eerily reminds us of the beginning of the Andrew Luck era. You know, we've got an immensely talented quarterback, some weapons around him. You know, when Andrew came in, he had talented wide receivers to play with. Um, you know, obviously there are some talented you know playmakers in Cincinnati, but. The story of it is it's a talented quarterback with an awful offensive line and a really bad defense. And and for the Colts' front seven, I think that this is just a, a field day on Cincinnati's offensive line. Uh, they have been one of the worst units. Um, Joe, Joe Burrow is on track to um, shatter the record for most times sacked in an NFL season. And I just think that this is a really bad matchup for him, kind of like with the Ravens, where it's a really good defense. And, uh, you know, look, the indie run game definitely has room for improvement. But I think as each week passes, you know, Jonathan Taylor did have his best week last week. He did only run the ball 12 times, but it was his most impressive showing. He looked like he was seeing the field a little bit better. Um, so I'm going to go with the Colts minus eight. I think they can jump early on him. I think this defense can really just hound Cincinnati and Joe Burrow all day. And I'm going to take a pretty sizable win here for the Colts. Let's see it. I'm putting my money on Burrow. Dude, Ted, here's the big thing so far. So already we are four four games in. You've picked more uh, underdogs than you have the last two weeks combined. So hats off to you. Very proud. I'm in on it this week. Yeah, let's I know. <laughs> so let's go to this next one here. Uh, fun, fun AFC North divisional matchup. The 4-1 and one Cleveland Browns, who we were just talking about, had that very impressive win over Indianapolis. Uh, the offense... You know, looked pretty good, um, and, and the defense did its part to uh, protect the lead. They are traveling to take on the Pittsburgh Steelers, 4-0. Uh, I have my questions, Teddy. I actually have a very strong opinion on this game. Uh, disagree with me here. To, you know, show me the other side of this argument, or are you with me on this? Yeah, um, this is a tough one for me simply because I told you last week, I said I'd buy into the Browns if they showed up against the Colts, and they did, and I, I really do just think they're – they're coming into their own and kind of they're becoming that team that everyone kind of expected last year. Mm-hmm. Um, now the Steelers, I'm, I'm again, I'm higher on the Steelers than than you are. I've been saying it every week, but for me, this just comes down to you look at the history. You know, like you look at who the Steelers have played, and yeah. they're just not not the same teams that that the Browns have been playing and beating and staying with in games. Um, so I'm actually going to go the Browns here. Cool. I just think, I think with the way their offense is, um, I think this is finally going to develop into that divisional matchup that that people have been wanting it to be for these past past year or so. You know, um, and I just with three and a half points, I just think this is going to be a real close game. I think regardless of what happens, um, I just I, I think the Browns. I think the Browns have the slight edge, so then you add that with three and a half points that you're giving me. I just, I, I think they're just good. You know, I'm buying into the Browns. I think their offense is clicking. So, yeah. So, and I, and I don't really believe in the Steelers yet. So, I'm going Browns. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm, I'm, I'm low on the Steelers. I think everybody is hyping them up way too much right now. I get it, four and zero. You know, you're undefeated. But here's my thing: Week one. The Giants, Daniel Jones, if it wasn't for that red zone uh, interception in the third quarter, you know, that's a one possession game. And maybe the Giants end up winning that game. Week two, Broncos, Drew Locke gets hurt in the middle of that game. And Jeff Driscoll still was going on a game winning drive. Obviously, it didn't go in their in their favor. But Jeff Driscoll was in that game um, for a decent amount and was pushing the ball down on the Steelers. Uh, The Texans start off the season 0-2. And then, uh, you know, they only lose by a touchdown to the Steelers. Some of that could be Deshaun Watson magic. But, you know, the Texans are a very bad team. um, And they were within, you know, one possession of potentially beating the Steelers. And then this past week, you know, the Eagles were had a chance to get the ball back down one possession. But the problem was is uh, defensively they put a linebacker on Chase Claypool for whatever reason. He broke right through the seam and scored his fourth touchdown of the game. So I look here and I say they faced four really bad teams that have a combined what two or three wins on the season. I think they, I think the three opponents so far that they or the four opponents they've faced so far this year are like a combined three fifteen and one. Um, I, I'll, I'll have to verify that, but 
Um, I just am all over the Browns. I don't think the Steel. I think the Steelers are probably the most overhyped team in football right now. Um, so I'm I'm on the Bear the Browns to win this. I'm on them plus three and a half, and and I think that hey Browns will be five and one after this. How about that? Very impressive start of the season for Cleveland. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. All right, so let's go to a game that probably won't be as close. I I don't know what to think of this one. There's a whole lot going on here in New England. Uh, the one in three Denver Broncos who are. Uh, supposedly getting Drew Locke back in this game, are getting some other key players uh, returning healthy, supposedly. Uh, it seems like Melvin Gordon is going to be playing this week. He was at practice yesterday. Not sure really what to make of that as we head into um, you know the weekend. But they're traveling up to take on the New England Patriots. Cam Newton will be back. Stephon Gilmore will be back. Um, obviously, the last time we saw the Patriots play, it wasn't a uh, great showing by any means. They struggled against the Kansas City Chiefs, but there was no Cam Newton. And honestly, for the majority of that game, it was pretty close. It wasn't until the Patriots quarterback started losing the game for them that it really became, you know, whatever ended up being, I think, a 16-point win for Kansas City. Uh, Patriots opened this one up as 10-point favorites. Uh, big spread here. Teddy, biggest one of the week. How do you feel about it? Yeah, I mean, as you were saying before, the, these big spreads have kind of been coming back to bite us. Yeah. Um, so I really did consider taking the Broncos here, plus 10. That's just a lot of points to me, you know? Mm-hmm. And the Broncos, they do with Drew Locke coming back and, and um, Melvin Gordon playing, you know, maybe they can make this a game. But the more I just think about Patriots getting Cam back after missing a week um, and and just I, I imagine this game being like 30 to 10 to be honest with you mm-hmm. um so i just i feel like regardless of the big spread i really do believe the patriots will just blow them out like you said before i mean a good defense at a running game the patriots obviously have a good defense and they obviously know how to run the ball with with cam newton um yep. taking the taking the quarterback role you know so, mm-hmm. so i'm going patriots here simply for those reasons you know good defense good running game i think they'll just be able to dominate this game all 60 minutes yeah, I'm with you, and it's the same thing that you just the same thing I said with the Ravens and the Colts. I have faith in the Patriots' defense. I have faith in the Patriots' run game. Um, and look, we're getting Drew Locke back, but I think it's pretty clear he's not 100%. Um, so even, even a Drew Locke who's still a young quarterback trying to figure out his way in the league, he has shown flashes. No one, no one is prepared ever to face the New England defense, and especially when you're not at 100%. I'm with you. I, I, I think this could be one of those games like you said you know a 30 to 10 and or maybe a 30 to 13 type game so i'm with you patriots minus 10 don't really need to spend a whole lot of time on this one um so let's move on now to a, a crapshoot of a game here two really bad teams uh the one in three detroit lions fresh off their bye week this past week um, going to jacksonville to take on the one in four jaguars who uh were just uh, just handed the Houston Texans their first win of the season by double digits in that one. Both of these teams probably moving on from their head coaches in the offseason, depending on where they finish in in the draft, maybe moving on from their quarterbacks. Uh, the Sorry, the Lions open up this one as three-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. Teddy, you told me earlier in this week that you don't really like betting on the Lions a whole lot. Where are you going with this? Yeah, um, so... You said right away it was a crapshoot. My first note I have on this game, it seems like a toss-up of a game. Yeah. Um, for me, I I I think what like you just said, I don't like betting on the Lions, but but what they've shown me the past two weeks with uh, Kenny Galladay back, you know me, I love my receivers. I love just yeah. great receivers, and I think Kenny Galladay is one of them. Oh yeah. Um, and I just think he changes their offense. I mean, they beat the Cardinals. They <laughs> put up points against New Orleans. I think the way you put it was pretty hilarious. With uh, they scored the first fifteen and the last fourteen, but not the thirty-five <laughs> in the middle. Yeah. But uh, I'm gonna go here with uh, with the Lions simply because yeah. I, I think their offense was clicking with Galladay. I just like you said, I think it's a toss-up. I think they're both bad teams, um, but I think the Lions are just slightly better. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm gonna pick them. I'd probably buy a half point if I uh, if I'm betting on this in real life. But yeah. But Lions minus three and a half. Yeah, I'm with you. Vertical passing offenses really hurt this Jaguars defense. Um, you know, their number one cornerback is a rookie. Um, their their defense is missing a lot of key pieces right now to injuries. And, of course, they've traded away just about everybody that was good on that defense, aside from Miles Jack at this point. Um, I think that, you know, the Jaguars, 
Look, I, I do like what they what they have offensively. Like I do like Jay Gruden as an offensive coordinator. I do like Gardner Minshew. It does seem though that this season has been very inconsistent. Um, I like the receiver talent there, but I just I think that this vertical pass offense in Detroit, you know, getting Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones going, this offense is going to put up a lot of points on the defense, and I just don't think the Jaguars will be able to do enough. Um, so I'm with you. Lions minus three and a half. I won't be watching this game unless it's a close one in the fourth quarter, but I, I, I'm going to expect a pretty sizable win from Detroit. Love it. Yeah. So let's go on now to a, a, uh, an interesting AFC South uh, matchup here. Um, the 1-4 Texans, who, as we were just saying, picked up their first win of the season over the Jaguars, traveling to Nashville to take on the Titans, uh, a game in which this past Tuesday, Teddy and I were really wrong about. Uh, we were both on Bills minus 3.5, Titans destroyed Buffalo. Really wasn't even that close of a game. Um, Titans opened this one up as three and a half point favorites. Confusing line to say the least for me, but then again, you have to consider playing on, uh, you know, fewer rest days having just played on Tuesday. Also divisional matchups can always be close. We saw the Titans go back and forth with the Jaguars a couple weeks ago. Uh, what, what is your breakdown on this game, Ted? Um, yeah, I agree with the with the confusing line. Um, you would expect the Texans to to have a couple more points for their given to them, obviously. Um, and I think looking at this game, I think um, if you're just thinking about it objectively, you take the Titans, who have done pretty well this year, um, just beat the Bills, who we both agree are a great team in this league, um, and then you take the Texans, who just got their first win against the Jaguars. Haven't beaten anyone really. Haven't beaten anyone good. Have lost a lot of bad games. Um, but you know, I, I'm I'm feeling the Texans here just yeah. because, like you said, it's a divisional game. I think kind of you got to remember anything can happen in these divisional games. Oh yeah. And I think it's also important to remember, especially in football, every game isn't the whole story. You know, like the Texans or the Titans come out and they beat the Bills last week. Maybe they play that game. 10 more times and we get some different uh some different outcomes mm -hmm. there you know what i'm saying oh yeah so i'm just gonna pick the texans to roll a little just because the titans as good as they looked last week they've been underwhelming to me this year hmm. um and i just think the divisional game with second week with a new coach you're, you're just there's a lot of extra factors in there so uh, so i'm taking the texans with the points now, and just this is not important, I guess, but would you say that it's a closer game that the Titans still squeeze out, or do you think that the Texans actually can go out there and hand Tennessee their first loss of the season? Yeah, I mean, I, I think both are really possible. I, I think it's going to be a close game that yeah. comes down to the end, you know? Right. So it really, and then you take into account, you got Deshaun Watson, who who can make magic happen, you know what I mean? Oh, so. Yeah. So I could definitely see the Texans squeaking this one out for sure. Um, but to me, it just with the divisional game, three and a half points, and, and just the way the Titans have underwhelmed this year. I mean, the Titans Titans are only three and one, right? And or, uh, or, uh, or four and oh. Mm -hmm. But they're they're one and three against the spread. That Bills game was kind of the anomaly of the of the of right. the season as opposed to the, the story. So so I'm gonna go Texans. Man, you know, you've actually you've said a lot of things that have convinced me here to go the opposite way. But just because I'm 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 gonna stick with where I was at earlier, I am gonna go with the Titans minus three and a half here. Um, you make you make some great points. I mean, you look at the schedule; they beat the Broncos by two, they beat the Jaguars by three, the Vikings by one, and then this could just be the anomaly game where it's like, hey, we had a lot of time off. The Bills. You know, what surprised me the most about Tuesday's game is I expected the Titans to be the more banged up team. You know, I didn't realize that the the Bills were missing their top two corners and also missing John Brown. Like those are three significant, you know, pieces yeah. to that. And team. and Beasley went out with an injury. Right. So, you know, I man, I I'm gonna stick just because I had picked them before this show. Uh, I'm not gonna change my mind on it. I'm gonna stick with the Titans minus three and a half. But you've you've made some compelling arguments where I definitely don't feel great about it. Um, and, and like you said, you know, just Desha Deshaun Watson. You know, they, they faced Josh Allen this past week, and, you know, he had a couple mistakes in there. Um, but they haven't faced a quarterback like Deshaun, so it's going to be an interesting game. But I'm going to go – I'm going to stick with my first pick. I'm going to take Titans minus 3.5. I just think that they are the better team, the better defense, um, more consistent offense. So 
But you, yeah. You, yeah. you've definitely swayed. You've definitely you know made me a little bit less confident in this pick for sure. No, yeah, and I, I think I think this is just going to be one of those games where where you sit down and there's just going to be a lot of good players on the field. You know what I yeah. mean? And, and we're just going to have to watch it and see what happens. Yeah. So very very interesting game over there as well too. Um, so let's move on now. We've disagreed, actually. I feel like we've disagreed more than we have in weeks past. This, should, this is going to be a really interesting week for us, um, but let's close it out here. We have got, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six games left. We'll go on to um, another crapshoot, crapshoot, crapshoot of a game here. The Washington football team, 1-4, taking on the New York Giants, 0-5. Giants' uh, offense has been really bad through uh, four weeks, and then last week they put up 30-some points. On the Dallas Cowboys defense, Washington, of course, they make the switch to Kyle Allen. He gets hurt. Alex Smith comes in. It's all kind of like a little shaky with them right now. Uh, Giants open up as two-and-a-half-point favorites. Um, Teddy, what what do you think of this game? It, it, it's really a shit show. Yeah, it, it really is, you know. Um, it's two just bad teams, and then you take into account what you just said um, with Alex Smith being the quarterback for the football team. And it really is just, um, it's hard to, to believe in either of these teams and put, put a stake in either of them, you know. Um, I'm going to go with Alex Smith, you know. He's a great story. And and coming off the injury and, and finding a way to get on the field and all that is great. But I just think there's there's got to be a lot of rust there. That injury was so intense, you know. And I just think this is two bad teams. You take one of them who still has their starting quarterback, one of them who's on their third string starting quarterback. I just I, I think it's tough. I'm gonna go Giants minus two and a half. Both these teams have lost to pretty good opponents. I mean, the football team has lost to the Cardinals, Browns, Ravens, and Rams. They've beaten the Eagles. Giants have lost to the Steelers, Bears, Niners, Rams, and Cowboys. So I think it really is just a toss-up of a game. I'm gonna go with the with the starting quarterback as opposed to the third string minus two and a half. Yeah, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna go the opposite way. Honestly, I, I I did like what we saw out of the Giants' offense last week. You know, 34 points um, against you know the Cowboys, but the Cowboys' defense, as we'll talk about even later in this game, is one of the worst in football. They allow 30 points to essentially anybody. Um, and this Washington front seven is 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 a problem. It's a legit problem. And Daniel Jones isn't great when he's under pressure. Their run game isn't great. Um, you know, their offensive line isn't good at all, too. So I'm actually going to take the Washington football team to get their this win here. Um, I think that coaching is more stable in Washington right now. I think defensively on that front seven, it's it's really good. And there are some playmakers in Washington that I do like, and I don't love this Giants defense at all. So I, I think, you know, we could get a really big Terry McLaurin game or Antonio Gibson gets things going out of the backfield. Um this line surprised me. I thought Washington would be favored. I'm not going to lie. So I think that Vegas has this one screwed up, and I'm on Washington to win this. I just, of course, I don't feel great about it because Washington is a very inconsistent football team, and and not a good one. But I think, you know, if you just take a look and you you ask me, you know, what's the best position group for either of these teams? Where I go first is is the Washington defensive line. Number two, I'll give the Washington uh, linebacking core. The only problem here is is that the Giants definitely have good receiver talent and the Washington uh, secondary is shaky. So this could be Giants, you know, maybe they do stand up enough in the pocket to to complete some deep passes to Golden Tate and Darius Slayton and Evan Ingram. But I don't think they can get the run game going, and I honestly don't think they'll have a lot of time to um, get the ball down the field. So I'm going Washington here uh, to get the win over the Giants. Yeah, I mean... I. I there's nothing you can hate about that. I, when I first looked, I thought I was going to take the, the Washington football team, but I don't know. Something about the Giants is calling me, man. Yeah, well, they definitely have looked better more recently. I mean, they, look, you know, they did allow 37 points to the Cowboys, but they did their offense did look like it kind of found a rhythm there. So I, I definitely think it could be it could go either way, honestly. Um, yeah, and I just want to throw in um, the over of this game currently sits at 43. I know. I think both of these teams just have really bad cornerbacks. Yeah. And oh, definitely. Decent receivers. So I can see some hmm. some touchdowns from the receivers in this game. So yeah. so I'm taking that over at 43 for sure. Yeah, I, I don't hate that at all. Too. I I would have expected it to at least be in the 47 range. So 43, yeah. I feel like is a pretty good get there. Yeah, I'm on that too. Um, perfect. Okay, so we go from one 0 and five New York team to the next. 
Ted, it's time to talk about your New York Jets. I've been so excited for this. Yeah, this is exciting because our, 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 the Jets, uh, you know, no Le'Veon Bell now. Is Sam Darnold back? Nope. Nope. So it's going to be Joe Flacco again. Perfect. Just what we love to hear. Uh, they are traveling down to Miami to take on the Dolphins. Two and three now. Uh, Fitzmagic looked incredible this past week. We always get one or two weeks a season out of Ryan Fitzpatrick where he looks great. This past week was it. He torched the 49ers defense. Um, Dolphins open up as nine and a half point favorites. Teddy, are you going to bet against the Jets this week? Are you going to refuse to pick? Um, what's, what's your whole feeling on this one? Yeah, I'm betting against the Jets, and it's because I hate them. <laughs> now, let me just talk talk to you a little bit. So, not only did the Jets, two weeks ago or three weeks ago, whenever it was, when Sam Darnold went down, Makai Becton was hurt, still suited him up, which was odd. Oh. And then three plays into the game, their backup left tackle, who was starting the game, Gets hurt. So what do they do? They put Makai Becton in for 15 plays. Mm -hmm. Guess what? Makai Becton now has been out for two weeks in a row. Yeah. Sam Darnold goes down with a shoulder injury, which at the time I thought was going to be a terrible season-ending injury. Turns out he comes back in, throws 30-plus more times. Oh, guess what? Maybe that wasn't the right decision because now he's been out for two weeks as well. <laughs> so at, at this point, it really is like two, two years ago. I was so excited for this Jets team, and you look at it, and you have Sam Darnold, and Robbie Anderson, and Le'Veon Bell, and Jamal Adams, and it's like, now I have none of those people, and yeah. none of those things, and it, it, obviously I'm still going to be a Jets fan, but it, it, it's gotten to the point where it's like, I don't like, I hate the owners, I hate the coaches, I'm sitting there watching Joe Flacco and Frank Gore, who are combined 130 years old and played in the league since 1940. Like, it's just, it's so ridiculous and frustrating and stupid. Now, I definitely, the Dolphins, don't get me wrong, I'm not going to say anything bad against the Dolphins. They've been playing a lot better than I think a lot of people anticipated them to this year. But I would have loved if maybe the, the Jets were playing like the Chiefs this week for the week that I definitely pick against them, especially with a nine and a half point spread. Mm -hmm. But seriously, like I don't think the Jets have been within ten of a of a team. I think their yeah. closest was whatever they lost to the the Broncos by by like fourteen. So th this seemed like a lock to me. I hate the Jets. I'm so angry at them. So I'm betting against them this week. I love it. I love it. We finally have Teddy picking in the Jets game, picking against them. I mean, yeah, you look at the schedule. Uh, the closest one actually was the Bills. They ended up um, losing by 10 still, though. So that's that's the problem. They still lost by 10. Oh, no, they lost. They did lose by 9 to the Broncos. My apologies. Oh, okay. So they lost by 9 to the Broncos. They lost by 10 to the Bills. But then 49ers, Colts, Cardinals, it's all blowouts. Um, Ted, I'll be honest with you. I, I did want to take the Jets plus 9.5. But, you know, just looking at what the Cardinals did to them and how the Cardinals have been allowing points to anybody. Any offense has been putting up points on the Cardinals' defense. And the Jets could only get 10? Like, that's, that is a problem. The Dolphins, to me, um, don't have a lot of talent, but they are one of the best coached defenses in football. Um, I, I love Brian Flores. I think that he's fantastic. I've been on him since he was hired there in Miami. Uh, his his players play for him harder than I, I think I see very few uh, teams play for their coaches. I, I think they love him. And so I'm, I'm going to take the Dolphins here to win by 10 or more. Um, I, I did want to just give the, Chet, the Jets one kind of game where I'd give them a close thing against the spread. Ted, you look at the rest of your schedule. Do you see what it's like after the Dolphins? Dude, it's... The Jets are the Jets will go zero sixteen this year, yeah. Unless they fire their coach and like completely change everything up, well, the, but the Jets aren't even close to the next worst team. Like the, they're not. Like if the Jets played the Giants, they'd probably lose by ten. I mean, yeah. The best chances for the Jets to get a win this season are the two games against the Dolphins, because other than that, you have the Bills, the Chiefs, the Chargers, the Raiders, the Seahawks, the Rams, the Browns, and the Patriots. Almost all of those teams are in playoff contention. You know, the, yeah. the, the Raiders and the Chargers are the shaky ones there, but even those teams are significantly better uh, than, than the Jets. So, 
We might. We just have to hit rock bottom to ever rise up again. Dude, yeah, you guys might be the 0 and 16. So yeah, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take Dolphins minus nine and a half. I I was gonna take the Jets, but I just think that the Dolphins are a very well coached team, and if you can only get 10 points against Arizona, you know, I I fear for what you can try and put up against the Dolphins. You know, I wonder. I don't. I don't have lines like this on my book, but I wonder what the what the line would be for the Jets to to finish the season 0 and 16. Because honestly, it should be like minus 200. Like <laughs> I, I would throw a billion dollars on it at this Damn. point. Damn, we should we should try and find a book that has that. You know what I'm yeah, uh, the uh, DraftKings sports book is finally opening in Tennessee. I can't wait to switch off Bovada. Really? Yeah, so finally happening uh, by November 1st, so I'm excited to make the switch over. But um, All right, Ted, we've got, we've got four games left. Uh, this is, to me, I mean, one of the games of the week. There are two really fun games to watch this week, but I'm, I, I can't wait to see this one. The 4-0 Green Bay Packers, fresh off of their bye week. They're getting Devontae Adams back, it looks like. Traveling to take on the Buccaneers who just fell to the Chicago Bears on Thursday Night Football a week before. Obviously, Brady, you know, everybody, the big story from that is Brady forgets what down it was. They end up losing that one. They're 3-2 and two now. Packers on the road open up as one-point favorites. Uh, Ted, I think that the Packers are the best team in football right now, um, and, and now they're getting Devontae Adams back. But uh, do you have any faith in the Buccaneers here? Is there something I'm not noticing? No, um, I, I think the exact same thing. I, I have Packers... Might be the best team in football. Um, just the way they've been clicking this this year. The way I mean, if you've listened to any of the podcasts, you've heard us talk about this, you know. And and the Packers are just a good team. Now, I do think the Bucks. I think the Bucks are a tier below the Packers in terms of how good they are as an as an NFL team. But mm-hmm. I think with um, Brady and the, the power that they have. I, I don't think this is going to be like a blowout game. Don't get me wrong. I think Brady will keep it close. Bucks will show up, but but don't get me wrong. I think the Packers are just the dominant football team. Aaron Rodgers playing out of their mind. Finally getting Devontae Adams back, which I absolutely need for my fantasy team. So um, I'm, I'm picking the Packers here, definitely. It's one of my favorite bets, but, but I think this is going to be a really good game. To me, this is the game of the week for sure. It's such an exciting game. Um, yeah, I'm with you. Packers... Minus one. The thing that I love more than anything about the Packers right now, obviously I'm obsessed with Aaron Rodgers. I love the offensive weapons they have, but their young secondary is so good and it's so deep too. Um, You know, Jair Alexander out of Louisville, one of the best young corners in football. Darnell Savage, a first round pick from last year out of Maryland, a great safety. Josh Jones, another terrific cornerback. Uh, one guy that I, I love a lot, he got his uh, he got his second career sack the other day. Um, you know, he brought down. Who did the Packers face two weeks ago? They played the. Uh, oh shit! Who was it? Not the Lions. Oh no, they played no. the Falcons. They played the Falcons yep. two weeks ago, Monday Night Football. Uh, Raven Green, safety out of James Madison, uh, picked up his first sack. He's been getting a lot of playing time uh, this year, so it was fun to see him do well. Um, it's, the secondary is, is so exciting. It's going to be such a good matchup. You know, if Chris Godwin is back and Mike Evans. It, it's oh, the, I love Chris Godwin. Dude, the wide receivers, the, it, this is like one of those matchups that I just say, like, I'm going to be glued to seeing how these corners face up against Evans and Godwin. Um, but, yeah, I agree. Packers, to me, are just the more complete team right now. I have more confidence than, than in them than I do any team in football right now. So to say give a point, I, I feel pretty comfortable with that. Yeah. Perfect. So I, I wish that that game could be. We're not at the point in the season where it can be flexed to uh, Sunday Night Football, but it's obviously you know going to be nationally televised. So I'm excited to watch that. Um, we're going to move on to Sunday Night Football here. Uh, the Los Angeles Rams, who are now four and one. Um, who did they just take care of this past week? I can't remember who they played. They, they played uh, Washington Football Team. They took care oh, of them yeah. pretty easily. Uh, they are. I guess traveling, but not that far of a travel to San Francisco, where the 49ers have now fallen to 2-3 and three on the season. Really interesting thing real quick about both these teams is they keep switching positions with each other. You know, two years ago, the Rams went to the Super Bowl. The 49ers were dealing with all these terrible injuries. They had a down season. You know, then this past season, the 49ers are healthy. They make it the way to the Super Bowl. The Rams, meanwhile, have a down season because they're dealing with all of these injuries. They've swapped places again. The Rams are rolling right now. They're one of my favorite teams to watch in football. Meanwhile, the 49ers are dealing with a lot of injuries again. 
And uh, Jimmy Garoppolo was out there against Miami for a half. It didn't look good. He wasn't ready to be playing, supposedly. Uh, they got blown out. Um, the Rams open up as three-and-a-half-point favorites. Teddy, I have um, a lot. Uh, I have some fun notes about this game that I'll get to in a second, but what is your opinion on these two teams? Okay, yeah, I love fun notes. Um, yeah, I mean, exactly what you just said. I think the 49ers are not as good as... Um, Obviously, they could be with the injuries that they're that they're going through, um, and just the shaky quarterback play. Um, and like you said, the Rams. I mean, I, I keep saying it every week, but the Rams have just looked great, and they're they're just a team that I believe in in terms of coaching and the talent. Um, and and yeah, this is another one of my favorite bets. I just think the 49ers with their injuries just too much to overcome, especially against a team that I think is one of the best teams in the NFL. So I think Rams keep it rolling for sure, minus three and a half, lock it in. So surprisingly enough, I'm going to go on the other side of this one. Um, After all you just said? No, yeah, no. So listen to this. So it, look, they are trending in different directions. So I'm, I'm picking the Rams to win this one, but I think three and a half is a wrong line right now. I think that this should be closer to a one or two. Um, so I'm, I'm going to pick a Rams win, but I'm going to pick it barely 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 going to come down to like a last you know you know last minute field goal here are my notes uh, on the rams where i do have worry in the last 4 weeks from los angeles they've traveled to philadelphia back to la to new york back to la to washington dc back to la they've traveled an unreal amount um, in this last month, and that does take a toll on things here. You know, they are, uh, they do have to be a little bit fatigued at this point from all the travel. They have a close one here, uh, you know, you know, staying in California. Other thing here too, the Rams aren't doing that well defensively against 12 personnel, um, and, and the 49ers love those two tight end sets where they're running between the tackles, doing play action games. Uh, the Rams problem on defense is linebackers um, and especially linebackers in pass coverage so I think that this is a very big George Kittle day um, it, it's it's funny because you know the, the 49ers are trending in a really bad direction and the Rams are rolling right now um, but I do feel really strong about the 49ers plus three and a half here I think it could even just be a three two or one point game I'm picking the um, I'm picking the 49ers to lose this one, but I'm going to take them plus three and a half. Wow. So that is not what I was expecting after your intro. Yeah, I know, right? Well, both of these teams are trending in such opposite directions right now, but I just think you know these guys, you know, Sean McVay and and, and uh, Kyle Shanahan, they've got like you know probably one of the biggest not rivalries, but um, but they do have one of the you know biggest going back and forth kind of things where it's like. Oh, they're the two, you know, bright minds, the future of the NFL. They always bring out the best um, against each other. So I expect a close game in this one. So it'll be very interesting. Dude, we've disagreed a lot uh, in, this, in, the, in these picks this week. This is going to be a really fun week. Uh, let's wrap things up. We've got two Monday night football games. The first, to me, is the other considered game of the week. We've got the 4-1 Kansas City Chiefs who just lost to the Raiders this past week. Uh, going up to Buffalo, taking on the Bills, who, as we just said, played on Tuesday. Uh, they got their first loss of the season. They got whooped up by the Titans. Both of these teams are going to be hungry to bounce back. Chiefs open up three-and-a-half-point favorites. How, uh, how comfortable do you feel with both these teams? Do you, do you lean significantly one way or the other? Yeah, I mean, as, as we've been saying this year, these are two teams that I think we both really believe in. Um, with with the way the Bills have been playing, I mean, again, with last week, I kind of see that as more of a, an anomaly than anything else. Mm -hmm. um, Chiefs definitely have kind of underwhelmed, but they're still the Chiefs. Yeah. Um, to me, I think this is going to be a good game. I think the Bills will respond as losing last week. I think they'll come out to play. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I'm not ready to pick the Bills over the Chiefs yet. Mm -hmm. um, I do... Just obviously still believe in the Chiefs' talent. Hopefully Le'Veon Bell can get in there, score about 100 touchdowns right away. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I mean, this is a game. This is two good teams to me. I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked to see the Bills beat the Chiefs with the way they've been playing this year. Um, but I am just going to go on the side of um, 
what we've seen before in history. The Chiefs have just been that team. They've been those dudes um, the past couple of years, so I'm going to stay with the Chiefs. But, but this is definitely a game I'm looking forward to. And, and don't get me wrong, man. I, I, I think the Bills are a great team. I'm not trying to put any disrespect on the Bills. I mm-hmm. think they, they will hang around in this game. Um, right. I just think the Chiefs will get it done. And that's what my biggest problem with this game is going to be, is is the Chiefs are going to win this one. Say they win it by six or seven points, maybe even more. Maybe it is a, a double-digit win for them. And people are going to start talking down on the Bills. That's what's going to be so frustrating to me because, you know, it, look, that Titans game could just be a huge anomaly. And then the Chiefs have the best, one of the greatest offenses of all time this year. So it's, it, I, I am with you. I'm Chiefs minus three and a half. I feel really strong about it. Um, I think the line, even in the last day since we sent the picks, has gone up a, a point or two. I'm not sure where it's at right now, but I did see some lines that had it at more than three and a half. Um, so everybody is all over the Chiefs on this. I'm with you. I think the Bills will show up better than they did this past week. I expect a more efficient game out of Josh Allen. Um, but look, hey, they had some significant misses, as we were talking about earlier. No John Brown, no top two corners. Those are key pieces that you need. Um where we can also say this, you know, this past game could have been a look-ahead game for for the Bills, where they say, "Hey, we've got the Chiefs in five days." You know, that's that's a tough opponent. We got to be ready for that one, and you know, maybe they let their guard down against the Titans. So I expect it to be a good game, but I'm on I'm with you, Chiefs minus three and a half. One game left to wrap up uh, Week Six of the NFL season. We've got the three and two Arizona Cardinals got back to their winning ways after dropping two straight. They go and beat the Jets by 20 points, 30 to 10. Meanwhile, the Cowboys, just one of the worst things you can see in sports this past Sunday. Uh, Dak Prescott going down for the season. I talked a lot about the injury on um, on my Monday podcast. Uh, now comes in Andy Dalton, really talented offense. But as we see, any team can put up 30 plus points on this Cowboys defense. Uh, Cowboys open this one up. Or sorry, Cardinals open this one up minus one and a half. Uh, Teddy, where do you go with this one? Yeah, to me, this is a tough one again, simply because um, Cardinals have underwhelmed um, as, and maybe not underwhelmed, but just oh no, they, they look a little shakier than we want, especially with their defense just yeah. not being great. Um, but to me, you take the Cowboys, who also have a bad defense, and then you throw in the fact that you're going from Dak to Dalton which I've actually had a, a ton of conversations with my friends about. Because um, that's been on Twitter, you know, like, is there any drop-off from right. Dak to Dalton? Yeah. And Coward saying there's not much. Dude. To me, at the end of the day, Dalton, or Dak is at least a top 10, 10 guy. Yep. Dalton's a backup. I just, I, I think, regardless of even if he does play well, I just think the team as a whole will still be worse. Mm-hmm. So... I like the Cardinals' offense a lot. I think they'll put up a lot of points on the bad defense. I think the same can be said about the Cowboys, but just with a new quarterback um, kind of trying to fit in and, and, and make things happen, I just don't really see it happening. So I'm going Cardinals minus one and a half. Um, and I'm pretty confident in it, but I just really think it comes down to the Cowboys with their backup quarterback just aren't going to be able to do what they what they can do with Dak. Yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I, I'm going the opposite way here. I'm taking the, the Cowboys plus one and a half. I'm going to take them to win this game. Um, yes, it was the Giants this past week, but I did think Dalton did seem pretty comfortable, um, and now he's got a full week to prepare for it. Um, that last drive by Dalton as well, too, is a pretty impressive one. The thing that I love here is the over-under of 55. I mean, these teams, this is going to be like a Big 12 shootout. Like these guys are just going to put up points on each other, um, but I I'm just putting, oh, I, it is a close game. Um, but I'm gonna take the Cowboys to win this one. I think that just when it comes down to offensive talent, they are going to just continue to put up points. And while I think the Cardinals will be able to just as easily, I think at the end of the day, I'm gonna take you know maybe a, a Greg Zerline 55 yarder to win the game. Um, I, it's it's a close one, and that's why the line is so tough. But I'm gonna go kind of just with, you know, more. You know, the one thing that has been consistent for the Cowboys all season is their offense. And yes, I do agree with you. Andy Dalton is a downgrade, but the receiving talent there is some of the best in football. And throughout the season, they've been consistent on offense. Their defense has been atrocious, but they've always put up points. Meanwhile, the Cardinals have had two or three games here where they just aren't able to put up a lot of points. So. 
Um, I think at one point maybe Kyler makes a, a rough decision on a throw across the middle, gets picked off by a Cowboys linebacker. Um, I, I just think that Dalton will make fewer mistakes than Kyler will in this game, and I'm going to give the Cowboys to win this one on Monday night. So, All right, man. This is going to be an interesting week. Really interesting week. I'm just trying to take a look and count up where how many we disagreed on. So we disagreed on the Vikings and the Falcons. We disagreed on the Bears and the Panthers. Disagreed on Colts, Bengals. Um, we disagreed on Titans, Texans, Washington Giants, and then uh, 49ers, Rams, and, and Cowboys, Cardinals. So we disagree on on seven games here. Uh, so it's going to be this this Ted. This could be just the week where you just come back through and you take over this lead. I mean, I'm only ahead by six wins, so very easily could uh, could be a huge swing in the standings for you. Um, going to be a really exciting week. These games are a lot of fun. There are a lot of crapshoots in there, but some really exciting games. Um, Anything else that you want to say? Oh, wait, we got to – do you have three out there that you would say are your best bets for the week? Yep, yep. Okay, um, cool. So for me, I'm going to keep riding the Rams, um, minus three and a half. I'm going to do the Packers just because, like we said, best team in football, and then I'm taking the Lions over the Jags, minus three and a half. Those are my top three. Nice. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you on the Lions-Jags. I'm going to take the Lions three and a half. That's one of my favorite bets. Uh, one of my favorite bets is going to be the Browns plus three and a half. I feel very confident about that game. Um, I like be, that one a lot too. It'll be really interesting to see how that goes. If I end up being, you know, I like I, I legitimately feel so confident on even Browns money line, all that stuff. And then I am also going to agree with you on the Packers minus one. So we've got two of the same best bets for this week. Um, obviously, we've got a third one that's different. Our best bets did a little bit better last week. Both of us went two and one. Um, so hopefully these uh, we can get a 3-0 week out of us. But that'll wrap things up for, for week six picks against the spread with Teddy Pristash. Anything you want to say before we sign off, Ted? Um, no, other than fuck the Jets. Yeah, fuck the Jets. All right, man. Well, I appreciate, <laughs> I appreciate having you on. Uh, let's go make some money. Hopefully you guys agree or disagree. Let's, let's go out there and I'll try and make some money on this. Hopefully we've explained things and broken down the games well enough for you. Um, and be sure be, uh, you know, sure to uh, tune in next week when we've got Teddy back. And uh, Ted, I always enjoy doing these with you. I appreciate it. And I will talk to you soon, man. Oh, yeah, man. Thanks a lot. All right. See ya. Take care. Peace.